joining us at Nikki Dare Radio, heard worldwide by millions of listeners, with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast, hosted by Nikki Dare, is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Some part of Africa, in Nigeria. Yeah, the most populous country on the continent. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> We're going to talk about your uh, book on the leadership because I think that's very compelling. And I'm going to do a little small intro. Okay? okay. And after that, we're going to get you on the screen because that's that's what it's all about. Okay? Is that better? <laughs> Would you mind pronouncing your last name so I can pronounce it correctly? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. The, the last time yeah, I, I was on a show, uh, the, the host was in uh, in London, in the UK, and she asked the same question. So, <laughs> I'm so, I apologize in advance because, you know, I have a very authentic also last name from my father, um, my born name. And, you know, that's why I use this, you know, author pen name, Dare. It's easy, you know, it's like... Don't worry about my birth name, my born name, you know? Nobody can pronounce it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you pronounce? So my name is pronounced, the I is pronounced as an E. So you start with E. Uh, the next word is swear. The next word is care. The next word is ball. So it's swekebor. It's swekebor. Yes. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna cover that the last name, all right? <laughs> just, go with sunny. Just, just go with sunny. Sunny's easy all over the world. Sunny sunny. I know so go with the first name. <laughs> I think Sunny would just cut to the chase. Sunny. That's a winning name. Uh, we're gonna remember by and that is your pen name also, yeah. right? All right. Yeah. All right, it's been an interesting during this last few months, guys, while we are in this interesting time, uncertain times. No one has any crystal ball. I used to have one, by the way. But as to this unprecedented disasters that we're in, the pandemic, like globally, then some. Everyone has been affected around the world, uh, businesses, leaders of ourselves, pivoting, shifting, adjusting, I, all kinds of stuff. We are facing these challenges. And don't forget, we are part of the Earth's living system, about what, seven point something billion of human beings, right? Um, one of the exclusive episodes that I'm speaking with different individuals from around the globe to check in what and how they are coping with this pandemic, what matters in our lives that we can all sustain, rise, and thrive. All right, everyone. Apa kabar? Selamat pagi. Bonjour. Buenos dias. All right, guys. How are you? Welcome back to Dare's podcast. Let's keep it here for the next hour or so. Well, I thought I'd take you guys around the world and get some unbiased, unbiased responses and sharing um, stories and journeys during this global pause, what they do and what's going on within the region, country they live. Perhaps they are reopening. This morning, I have a very special guest, Sunny. Good morning. How are you? Good to have you here. Uh, it's always delightful to have uh, an amazing author in my podcast, and I'm very honored to have a special guest who is an international keynote speaker, 
very inspiring. And as I mentioned, he is an author. His book called Turning Every Leader into a Star. Learn the A to Z of Leadership and Soar. So we need to get a scoop on this book. Very amazing. I'm all for leadership. Especially these days, guys. Very timely during uncertain times around the world, what it means. And I'm going to turn in, uh, turn it over to my special guest, Sunny. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on uh, in where he is right now. I believe he is, if I'm not mistaken, he is based in Africa and would like to hear from him, obviously. He is an author of a great book that he just recently published in April. So we'd like to hear, to hear more about that. We're going to dig in into that. I'm all about leadership, like I said. And, you know, he wrote about leadership how we can soar. So we're gonna we're gonna listen and hear all about that. Good morning, Sunny. How are you? Good morning. Great, great. I'm fine, thank you. So, so what's the whole scoop there? Uh, you are based in Africa, right? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm in Africa, they, in yeah. uh, West Africa, Nigeria. How is it going over there as far as, uh, first of all, pandemic, and then we'll get into your, uh, your book uh, about the business and how you're right now sustaining with your business, thriving. Uh, share with us with that. Okay. Yeah, about the pandemic, it's been tough. Uh, it's a complicated life for everyone to move from where we were before the pandemic to where we are now. Well, the things that we usually would take for granted, like handshakes, hugs, kisses, sitting next to one another, simple things have become dangerous things. So all of a sudden, the world is turned upside down. So people are, are concerned, and uh, there are uh, cases in different parts of the country, in, my, in Nigeria, for instance, but it's mainly in the commercial capital of the country in Lagos, Nigeria, where we have most of the cases. Um, in the part of the country where I am based, where I'm talking to you from, uh, the cases are quite few, but rising just a little bit on a weekly basis. So the government is making all the moves to ensure, to clamp down and ensure that the cases stop. So people are going by uh, social distancing, the nose mask, but there is some skepticism skepticism you know on the part of some that believe that this virus thing may not be real you know so ah, there are people that think right. that it's not something that is real perhaps is made up but i think that in the minority majority of people uh, following the leading of uh, the uh, government leadership uh, in the land uh, see just something to be concerned about and it's distorted a lot of businesses here as in many other parts of the world, and there are companies that have been closed down, there are businesses that are suffering, people have been laid off, allowed, so it's tough. It's tough for too many people, it's tough on uh, religious organizations, because if you know, Nigeria, we have the biggest churches in Africa, some of the biggest churches in the world, so you have uh, congregations as huge as 50,000 people in one service on a Sunday morning, some as large as 100,000 people, uh, you know, gathering together. And uh, even uh, there is a, a, a conference that goes on once every month, 
uh, the biggest uh, denomination in Nigeria holds that conference, and usually there will be two, three billion people at that event every month. So that's now been put on hold. So a lot of things have been distorted both in the religious circles, in the corporate uh, environment, in the governments and schools, of course. Just a few hours ago, uh, we saw in the news the head of the university lecturers in the country came out to say it was not possible. It was visible. It was not safe for universities to resume until something is done about the uh, life hazard that it places on university students in uh, the country. So those are some of the issues that people are grappling with uh, in the country. And there are uh, markets. Uh, markets in, in Africa generally are open every day, Monday through Sunday. On, on Sunday skeletal because many people are in church but usually Monday to Saturday there are a lot of people in church in the country you know so Monday to Saturday markets are not able to operate every day anymore there are specific days where they can have markets like Mondays Wednesdays Fridays and then it's gone so those are some of the issues that we uh, are facing presently in Africa, in Nigeria, to be specific, as it relates to the pandemic. Right. So I was hearing uh, there is a monthly meeting uh, over there to discuss. Yeah. Now to discuss just uh, how, how many, you know, how, is that just within your region or is that inviting other regions? And then what is the goal for that? Is that just specifically for pandemic to discuss you know, the no, the, the the monthly meeting I referred to in response to your question about how life has been affected over here because of the pandemic. I was saying that uh, there is a an organization, a Christian uh, denomination, that is the largest in Nigeria and the fastest growing in the world. It's called ROCCG, and they have a monthly conference that holds every month, which I've been holding for years, and it, there are as many as two million people from all over the country and some from abroad attend this monthly event called the Holy Ghost uh, Conference every month. But that has been put on hold now together with a lot of other church activities because you understand that the biggest churches in Africa, some, some of the biggest churches in the world are located in Nigeria, churches as big as 50,000 people, 100,000 people sitting down on a Sunday morning in the service. Mm. So all of those... Uh, church activities have been uh, curtailed because uh, because of the sheer number of people that will attend. So there's a limit wow. on the number of people that can be in a service. So even if you have a if the pastor has a church that is housing usually fifty thousand people, now he has to have about five hundred people in the service. So that's one of the issues that has come up in relation to the pandemic. Besides all the problems that have been faced in in the corporate circles, uh, people losing their jobs, companies closing down, right. businesses doing poorly because of the pandemic issue. H how is your local community coping with it? And how is it? How are the schools of children? Uh, I know you mentioned a little bit about schools. Uh, I mean, at this yeah. stage right now, are they considering reopening the schools for the children, or are the children pretty much staying at home, being safe? 
no, not at all. No plans to open the schools now. Uh, schools have been closed for since March 2020. And as we speak, there is no announcement from the federal government or the state government about the reopening of schools. Just uh, a few hours ago, the head of university lecturers in the country spoke about this issue and he said that reopening the universities will be dangerous, will be calamitous for the life of children, teenagers mainly, who are students of the university because it is not possible. Many of the universities in the country are very large. There are thousands and thousands of people in each university. So, and the sitting arrangement, the, the, uh, 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 halls of residence kind of saying that is required by the WHO in this kind of situation that we face. So, the head of the university Universities cannot open at the United States governments all over the country are saying uh, learning at home, going through their, their books. Some schools are trying to do something to see whether they can interact with the children online, but it's not practicable to most children because not every uh, home has access to internet, not every home has access to smartphones. So right, this is right. not a developed countries where internet and smartphones are all over the place this is a developing country there are many students even parents who never had a smartphone all of their lives so they cannot cope with that kind of with that kind of online arrangement that some schools are trying right. to push forward so basically schools are shut down until there is an announcement from the federal government or the state government then schools will resume i think as it is schools may likely resume in september which would be oh, the resumption of the new session. Yes. Right. How is the government, I don't know if you mentioned it already earlier, but how is the government, uh, you know, support to the people uh, in a federal level or in the state regional level? Is that such thing? Yeah, yeah that, that's such thing. Uh, there's a body called NCCDC. NCCDC that is uh, in charge ncdc rather for so correction ncdc that is in charge of uh, the things that the federal government is doing and it's liaising with uh, the uh, city governments and the local governments the provinces to ensure that uh, things are done as they should but there's complaints you know uh, people are not satisfied people do not feel the government is doing enough to take care of people especially people who live day to day before the pandemic, the majority of people in the develop, developing countries of the world feed themselves by what they make daily. Many of them are not on salaries in any company, organizations, right. or businesses. They go out in the morning, they work with their hands for the sales talk, make some profits, come back home, get food for their families. So when they have to stay home, and are restricted from work, there's hunger in the land. So there are people who feel, uh, who feel that the government did not do enough in terms of helping the poor people in the country and uh, in terms of the health facilities. You know, in a developing country, one of the biggest challenge 
pandemic under pandemic, one of the biggest challenges that we face in developing countries is the lack of health facilities. That is why you will see that uh, many of the people who are leaders in the developing countries, like the president, the ministers, and the governors, when it's time for their medical checks, they travel abroad. They travel abroad with the country's money to go to the best hospitals in London, in New York, or in Dubai. And then they come back home and they do little or nothing to upgrade the health facilities in the country. So health facilities have been overstretched during this period too. Okay, all right, that's good. And as far as healthcare and everything, I mean, the government is still supporting the, uh, the community as well, right? Yeah, the, 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 the doctors especially have done a lot of good, uh, wonderful job. The doctors have been very sacrificial in the things that they've done, very brave, helping people, or especially uh, those that have been infected by the uh, coronavirus. And a very remarkable number of people have recovered because of medical care by the medical professionals. So the medical professionals of Nigeria deserve great commendation for the work that they have done in relation to uh, helping people who were infected by the disease. Okay, so let's get back to uh, to you with yeah. your business and all of that. Because I, I yeah. really am so looking forward to uh, to discuss and then dig in into your book. Um, okay. I know, congratulations, by the way, for publishing that book. Uh, I think it's a great book. Thank I saw that once in the Amazon. Congratulations. And I'm an author myself, so it's always delightful to meet another author, um, especially when oh, they're beautiful. on my podcast. Yeah, how are you sustaining uh, your business? And what are your strategies, if there is any strategies to, um, you know, to stay, sustain and thrive? Um, your business with this moving target. I mean, we don't know. We're saying like, okay, by September, we're going to reopen in some other parts of the world. It's kind of different everywhere around the world, right? Yeah. But you, yeah. as a business person, as a leader yourself, uh, how are you? How are you, you know, okay. um, yeah, I, I don't know if this video. How yeah. are you uh, staying sustained with your business and if you have any strategies um, you know, in the next few months, yeah. or the next, the whole year, <laughs> we're, we're all doing that. You know, is that what's going to happen in the next yeah. six months? Because we're in the six months already. Yeah, I can relate to it. You know, um, as, as a speaker, uh, one of the uh, things that have affected uh, speakers generally is the fact that usually speak at events and then the pandemic breaks out and events are put on hold or cancelled, you know. So that means loss of revenue in that instance. So the um, for I personally, uh, the events lined up that were cancelled uh, because all of a sudden the, the government is announcing a lockdown. The event is supposed to hold for a couple of hundred uh, uh, 500, 700, 1,000, 2,000 people, and then suddenly you can't even have oh. 50 people yeah, legally in one place. So, so uh, event organizers, you know, 
contacted me to say, oh, sorry, the event is not holding anymore. So, and that's tough for, for someone who lives by, uh, uh, makes his living from speaking. That's a, a challenge. So just before the pandemic, talking about adapting and adjusting, just before the pandemic, I was thinking personally that I needed to explore the world of virtual keynote speaking delivery. I was thinking about it, not knowing that I was going to be So I started to make some research about uh, virtual deliveries, and then the pandemic broke. <laughs> so it just met me in the middle of my plans. So I uh, personally, uh, apart from the physical uh, engagements that I've not been able to have, since the pandemic uh, came up, I've done a lot of virtual speaking in terms of you know video conferencing, uh, speaking on shows. For instance, uh, since the uh, pandemic, I have uh, spoken in an, uh, in a conference, a global leadership conference that hosted in the Bahamas. I have uh, spe- spoken on a live show in the UK. I've sp- spoken in the US, in, in the USA. There was a collaboration between two organizations, uh, and I was the only international speaker. All of the other speakers were in the US. I was the only speaker who was outside the United States of America. So uh, virtual speaking for me, I think, is the way forward. And I, I, I am hoping that speaking in person in front of a physical audience will come back. But going forward, I plan to do a mix of both virtual speaking and in-person delivery. I think that that is one quick way to adapt because sometimes even before the pandemic, you could have an organization that wants to invite me to speak, to travel to the U.S. or the U.K. or Europe to speak, and their budget may just be limited. So if flights and accommodation and logistics are taken out of the cost for the speaking, and they have to pay only the speakers fee in certain situations so because of that it is something that can help organizations i like speaker a in africa i want to invite him to europe but i don't have enough money for his return ticket for hotel accommodations for logistics i will get him to deliver to my team via a virtual delivery so that saves costs and that helps the speaker it doesn't have to travel all the time because even though speakers like the idea of traveling to speak they also like the idea of staying with their families or doing some other stuff so for instance i could do something in the morning do something in the afternoon i'm in my country and then in the evening i speak virtually but if i had travel to the u.s for instance the time of flight the things i could do yeah. physically in africa will be left waiting until i come back to meet them but if i had to do them i can do them any time of the day any time of the week and then all of a sudden via zoom i'm flying to the usa to go yeah. deliver a speech to an audience that saves a lot of uh, costs and a lot of stress on the part of costs for the organization organizing the event and stress for oh yeah stress <laughs> I, totally, I totally, I totally see 
speaking out a way forward for the coronavirus and speakers are still able to travel because even though virtual delivery is effective there is a place for physical in person in a physical location delivery you finish speaking people like what you say they want to have an interaction with you they want to shake your hands they want you to sign an autograph for them yeah. on 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 the, a book they have or on one of your books that they bought and they want to chat with you they may want one-on-one -on -one sessions with you when you're done speaking people say oh i like what he has to say i want a one-on-one -on -one session please don't i live in the country are you going to be around tomorrow have a free time i want to pay for a one-on-one -on -one session with you so all of those interpersonal interactions are very important in the uh, the calling of the speaker so that is why i hope that a vaccine is discovered coronavirus can be treated so we can keep up with the virtual deliveries that we have really maximized during this period but also have the opportunity absolutely absolutely yeah, I think there's a lot of flexibilities and options that we have right now, resources-wise, uh, you know, uh, out there currently. Uh, I think that's great that technology is really catching up and are becoming our best friends now, <laughs> you know, the Zoom, the virtual, uh, the networking. But I agree completely with you because I am also a president of uh, a huge woman networking. I do believe okay. in in-person rather than in addition to perhaps right uh, currently in addition to the uh, the virtual and you know whatever that we have to use right now currently during the pandemic right but i do believe in building that relationship you know there's no there's nothing like meeting person you know face to face and then shaking their hands yeah. well we cannot shake hands now social yeah. distancing yeah and then yeah. giving giving your signature sign your book you know at the end the yeah. conference I, I love that part it's like and, and you know it. yeah and then it, it really resonating directly that yeah. that rapport mm -hmm. that relationship building that relationship with your audiences and you know what it does give you a personal yeah, satisfaction yeah. yeah like a rewarding by itself like it doesn't ma matter how long it took me to fly here yeah. but you know it's like it, it pays off yeah <laughs> yeah it gives you warm satisfaction that you can never give you can never get on a virtual delivery right it does okay okay i want to talk about the leadership that you wrote what made you because when it published it was in april right uh, the book uh, so you were already yeah. uh writing this and everything like that now you saw the pandemic um you know we're in a pandemic what what brought you to like okay i gotta do this what you know what inspired you and how did you come about and all of that take us to there okay. all right Thank you. I have been thinking about writing a book on leadership uh, for a while. I've been thinking about it. And then, you know, I was going through what we call, you know, I'm a project management expert in project management. There's something we call progressive elaboration. You know, there are words, you have a project in mind, you haven't started the project, but you already have the concept. And as you see people, you interact with people, you encounter problems, you give solutions, you give advice, you consult, you interact with people. ideas about the delivery so that process of continuously improving the idea uh, the, the objectives 
the goals, the delivery mode of your project, even before you initiate it, we call it progressive elaboration. So I was going through progressive elaboration in my mind, thinking about the book on leadership, uh, the best title, the cover, the, the context, the flow, you know. So all of those were going on in my head, and I was putting something down that I would call skeleton, you know, the human body, you have a skeleton on that. That skeleton is the structure. Everything comes on. Of it and makes a human. So I was uh, some things I want to remember in the book. What, that when I start writing, uh, refining my, my, my text, refining my preface, refining my title, and picking just what I think is the best representation of what I want to deliver to the reading audience. So all of this was, go was going on and I had reached the point where I had all my titles for my chapters or my topics for my chapters. I had them. I had reached the point where I was satisfied with the title of the book and the subtitle that I chose. So subtitle, title, chapters topics of chapters all of it's in place and then the pandemic broke so mm. and then there was lockdown right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, there was lockdown, and then the president of our country came and announced there's lockdown the state government is picked up from there there's lockdown you cannot go out of your house for a month so i wondered what was i going to do with myself and for me as a speaker Life is about going out to speak. Now, you can't move. You can't even go out of your house and take a walk, let alone go speak in an event. So I said, this is my opportunity to write my book. So I started writing really aggressively. Yeah, for, for those who are listening. During the lockdown. And I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for those who are listening to uh, this podcast, uh, Sunny, uh, they are probably in the edge of trying to finish their book and hopefully it's inspiring enough. It's like, hey, just sit down. So how many hours did you have to take uh, required for you to sit down? I mean, it's plenty of time during the day, during the pandemic, right? But yeah. seriously, though, how many, yeah, how much time it does it, do you, did you take? <laughs> did you take the whole day or two hours? And what is the best time, morning or nighttime? Yeah, I think that most people that uh, have the ideas to write books, some of them have never even started because they would not take the first step. You think too much. You think about a book. When are you going to write your book? I hope I just start writing sometime in the future. No time placement on when they will start the book. And some people, there are people, as we speak, some of them may be your audience on your podcast who have been planning to write a book for 10 years, 15 years, yeah, 20 years. Absolutely. The book is not written. The book is in their heart. We have not been able to access the treasure in their hearts because they will not write. So my first counsel or advice would be get busy open microsoft word on your computer ah. type something initiate something if you cannot think of the title you just said my book to be published put the timeline to be published 2021 july 7 that gets you started 
then also you want to uh, write a book and like the pandemic you cannot in my personal experience you cannot decide that you will write from morning to night side it's not possible secondly you cannot really place a time limit on yourself on the number of hours you could spend because your book writing for me is a matter of inspiration so i can be feeling really inspired to write in the morning but not in the afternoon i may be fully inspired to write one hour in the morning and then the inspiration seems to be freezing and i stop and i go about other things and then all of a sudden probably after lunch in the afternoon or sometimes even before lunch in the afternoon i feel a strong energy i feel inspiration flowing to write and i get writing to the extent that i push my lunch forward push it forward and i take a late lunch because the inspiration is flowing and i don't want to stop so my advice to you who's thinking about writing or who has started writing is to go with the flow of inspiration for your book write when you feel inspired because you are writing a book you want people to love you don't just want to put things down like someone who's writing an academic book when someone is writing an academic book they just follow logic for someone like me who has a, an, a background in engineering if you want to write something about the calculation of uh, efficiency for gas turbines to produce electric power for any part of the world you don't necessarily need inspiration you sit down there you put your formulas you start your calculations but you're writing a book to inspire people to motivate people a book to help people in their circumstances or a book to teach or a book to train like my book it's a book to teach it's a book to train it's a book to inspire people leaders and aspiring leaders to let them see that leadership is not that complicated it's actually simple you just need to get your priorities in order so by all means writing and then write when you that when you say i'm going to write eight to ten today i'm going to write nine to eleven tomorrow i'm going to write so don't put time limits on yourself put a time limit for the publish publication of the book put a time limit for the publication by all means because that will help you to want to run with the time if you see that the time becomes unrealistic if it's not possible to miss the time you can reschedule you can adjust it even on amazon for instance if you place your book on amazon's pre-order and for whatever reason you are not able to deliver on that day there's provision for moving it back so you can do that but in terms of writing to get the best out of yourself right when you are inspired when you are inspired to think about why you decided to write a book what problems do you want to solve what solutions do you want to produce which group of human beings are your target audience what do you want this book to achieve in the lives of the people who read it go by the drive and you will definitely succeed there are wonderful books that have never been read because the authors have never been bold enough to write them so be brave start writing that that's great i mean i i, I was listening to you and then yeah 
you're totally right on point there, Sonny. Uh, right with your heart, you know, because it, it is when you are most inspired and then that's when you write, you know, because a lot of times we get tired and, you know, it's no time to write. You know, there's a, an addition to this and I, on the caveat to that, though, I, I, I want to share with you, too, some of the uh, what I did. Um, I have like a small little journal, like a little notebook that I always carry in my car. And I don't know if you know, I mean, okay. LA traffic sucks. If you ever come to LA, <laughs> you're stuck in traffic for hours. So I'm not saying that. After the pandemic, I'm coming to speak there soon. After the pandemic, I want to witness the traffic for myself because I've heard so many, so many intriguing stories about it. I can't wait to be in it. One of these days. Well, you know, I think you're gonna have to bring a straight jacket or something, you know, because it's gonna drive you crazy. <laughs> but it, it it is it is the most ridiculous traffic. You know, you commute two hours. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it, it takes only like let's say ten minutes to get there. During you know, depending on the day or the week, I mean, it could take two hours. Uh, but anyhow, oh. I would have a recording, a small recorder, a small recorder with me all the time, dedicated. I have like two or three recorders, and I would bring with me next to my journal, right, with a pen, because sometimes when you're when your mind is not is at rest. Your mind is traveling, curious, and things like that. And that's when sometimes you get inspiration, right? So, inspiration will just flow like a river. Exactly, yeah. like a river. And then you just write down the things that you're really thinking about. And you know what? A lot of times I go back to my notes. Those are the great, some of the great moments, some of the great words that I had written. I cannot believe it. It's like, wow, LA traffic? <laughs> really inspiring me you know <laughs> so yeah I mean I, I really really <laughs> I really um, resonate with what you say a lot and the book it talks a lot I'm all about leadership by the way uh, the book talks about leadership obviously uh oh what is going on with your video okay what I'm is here. It? I'm here can you okay. hear me you're, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I just see your picture here. But yeah, I, I resonate with your, you know, with your points. And you're right. There are ways to, you know, to uh, to communicate this and how you want to address your your message. Is it is it is it calculating uh, inspiration or is it you know is it a messaging of a theory and things like that? And pick your audiences. Who are you delivering this to? What kind of human beings? Your target audiences and very, everything. Very important yeah. to have the audience in mind. Exactly. Because if you and don't have the audience in mind, you will write for audience A. But you will actually be writing. You will write with audience A in mind, but you may right. actually be writing for audience C. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. You know, there is a quote that I want to share with you really quickly here. If your actions inspire others to dream more and learn more, do more and become more, you are a leader. And that quote is from John Adams, John Quincy Adams. Yeah. And, you know, I think I'm hearing that from from your story, obviously. Um, can you give a little bit of peek of what's in the uh, the book? And, uh, okay, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I have been waiting for that question. 
you know, about a book. <laughs> so right. it's it's a wonderful book. You know, people wonder why I wrote it. People ask, why did you write the book? And then yeah, my right, answer exactly. shocks why them. Why did you write it? <laughs> and my answer, my answer always shocks them. I wrote it because I was tired. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wrote it because I was tired. I was tired of seeing poor leadership in our world. Yes. I was tired of seeing leadership being portrayed as something for only a select few. Because every human leads in some capacity or the other. I was tired of some leadership experts writing their books as though every reader and every leader has a master's degree in leadership. Yeah. So they write the book, but when people read it, they cannot comprehend it because they encounter a lot of leadership terminologies, leadership theories, leadership jargons that when they are done reading, rather than thinking about how to lead, they find themselves thinking about definitions and theories that they read in the book. And that is not the purpose of a book on leadership. So I was tired of leadership books reaching as do every leader. There are strong leaders on this continent of Africa and in other continents of the world who have never been to the university before. Some of them are leading big companies. Some of them are leading small businesses. So when you write a book on leadership, don't disenfranchise majority of humans because not everyone has the privilege to go to the university. That yeah. was one of the reasons I was tired. Another thing I was tired, that made me tired, that made me right, I was tired of the designs of school curriculums all over the world. I interacted, I did some research, I asked questions of teachers and students in the developed world and in the developed countries of the world. And you will be amazed, Nikki. You will be surprised that leadership is never taught to children in elementary schools. Leadership wow. is never taught to children in high schools. And in many countries of the world, leadership is never taught as a subject of its own in the universities. In many countries of the world, to study leadership, you have to go for a master's degree or a PhD. How many of us as humans go that far in academic studies? Perhaps 1%. So, leadership, poor leadership, is the biggest problem of our world, but we are not teaching great leadership to the fastest learners in our world who are children. Children in high schools and elementary schools are the fastest learners in the world. I'll give you an example. 
if you take a child who's never been to school before and the child is 10 and sit the child down in a classroom and you take an adult 40 years old who's never been to school in his or her life put them in a class and teach them something in an academic class the child will catch up 10 times faster so the fastest learners in our world are children the biggest problem in our world is poor leadership but curriculums are designed and leaves out leadership as the subject of its own it's never learned as a subject of its own it's never taught as a subject within the subject in high schools all over the world and we wonder why there's so much poor leadership in our world i'll give you a practical example i did mechanical engineering in my uh-huh. first degree one of the best universities in my country i studied for five years and within that five years we never i mean on the line never had a course on leadership never what did we study engineering joints engineering machines engineering calculations then we graduated after five years never learned anything about leadership did not have the privilege to learn about leadership in high school but after graduation as engineers we got jobs and now we were supervising artisans and technicians we became leaders by position but we never learned anything about leadership so every one of us did what we thought leadership was that is why when you go to a typical engineering organization and you ask about the engineers who are heads of departments the people who work under them will tell you that guy he knows what he's doing he knows his job as an engineer but as a leader he's clueless go to the hospitals people will tell you surgeon peter is the most brilliant surgeon I ever met in my life. But I will tell you, as a nurse, as a leader, he is clueless. Why? This guy was never taught anything about leadership in medical school. He was taught about how to care for patients, which is good, how to treat patients, which is good, how to diagnose sicknesses and diseases, which is good. But he was never taught about leadership. I went to the University of Liverpool and did my master's degree in project management. And we never had, at the University of Liverpool, by the way, one of the best universities in the UK, one of the best in Europe. Mm. We never, never again on the line, I've told you never before in my first degree, never had a course on leadership. Never. We only had leadership as one of the many topics in one of our models hmm. until graduation. Wow. If you check as we speak now, if you tell some of your, your somebody needs to do some checks for degrees in leadership, you'll be surprised. You'll discover that most of the search results will show you PhDs or doctoral degrees in leadership. Why do people have to get to PhD to study leadership, which is the biggest problem in our world. So yeah. I was tired of the design, the designers of curriculums in our world for studies. 
another thing that made me tired, I'll stop at this last at this point, the last but not the least. I'll stop at that. So you can shoot me with some questions. Another thing that made me tired, I was tired of politics. I was tired of politicians appearing in campaigns promising to deliver A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. And winning an election. <laughs> right. Winning an election. And never delivered any of those. Why? Because they did not campaign to lead. They campaigned to win. So once right. they won, their target had been achieved. And leading was not part of the goal. That is why you see many people, we call them world leaders. But you see, they are not leaders. They are only called world leaders because they are presidents of nations and governors in, right. their, in their countries. Many of them are not good leaders because they don't know what leadership is. So that is why it will shock you, Nikki, after an election in many countries in the world, if a man or a woman wins the seat, become the governor or the president of their nation or the prime minister, immediately after the celebration of that win, they and their team start planning to win the next election. Right. Yeah, I, I get it. I see what you mean. That is why they don't deliver because the goal was to win, then they won. And then all of a sudden, they need to lead for four years and they do not know what it means to lead. So they just stay there and enjoy all of the resources of being the governor or the president. They come out, they give press conferences, they appear important, they tell the people that I'm fighting for you, I love you, I'll give my life for you, I'm ready to do A, B, C, D, and D. And they never do them because their goal was to win. And now, as they're speaking to the people, deceiving them, that's why they invented the word political correctness. They're they are deceiving the people that they're going to deliver something, but they have no strategy to deliver them. And then, four years later, they come back and they tell another set of lies why they should be voted for. Right. And then they and win the election. They win the election. They, 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 they deliver 10% of what they promised to deliver. So you see that most politicians... Go check their list. First campaign, they promised 20, 20 items to be delivered. 20 projects or 20, whatever you want to call it. The first tenor, they've not delivered any. The second tenor, they deliver one or two. So they make 40 promises and deliver two. Two over 38 is the worst failure you get in any school in the world, in any course that you study. But that's what the average politician will give because they're clueless about leadership. So my book, I wrote it. To inspire people, to tell people that leadership is not complicated. Leadership is simple. That is why in the book, you will see 26 pictures. 26 pictures that I used to teach leadership. And the pictures will shock people. Everyday pictures. Pictures that they see on TV, on the internet, all the time. And yeah. then they will be amazed to realize that there are leadership clues in the pictures because of the illustrations, because of the tags that I put on the pictures. So I get my readers, whether they are presently leading or they never led in their life, to realize that leadership is so straightforward that if I follow this book, I really can become a star. No matter how good I have been in leadership, I can become a star. If I've never led in my life, I can become a star in the world of leadership because I give my readers so many leadership clues and they can see it, these clues every day in their life 
and they can see that really I can deliver. I can be a great leader. I can be one of the greatest leaders that the people whom I serve have ever seen. It is a possibility because Sonny E. Shekawa says so in his book, Turning Every Leader into a Star. It sounds like it's a great book. I got to get a hand of that. All right, for those of you who are listening, the, the book is called Turning Every Leader into a Star. Learn the A yeah. to Z of Leadership and Soar. Um, it is available on Amazon already, right? Yes, it is available on Amazon. Right. I, I, it's very, very compelling, uh, the message it sounds like, and it is something that every leader should probably... Yeah. Let me go back a little bit here. I, I believe that it is a choice, leadership. It's a choice, you know, right? <laughs> and it's never been taught from us, you know? I mean, it, it, it's something that, look, it's a skill. I mean, it's a skill that you have to, to, uh, to acquire, basically. Whoop, sorry about that. Something fell down. <laughs> no problem. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I think the video is, is not working, right? Your video. Problem with the lighting. So I just decided to go on audio. The audience, did they see? Did you see me or did they just hear me? No, just your picture. Oh. oh, okay. Were they seeing me before? Before this time we, when we started the podcast? Did they see me? Yeah, I saw you. I saw you and then all of a sudden you're, 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 you're out. I don't know why, yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. I have, a, I have a problem with the lighting. The video is still available, but I can I can be barely seen. So that's why I put it on pic on the picture uh, coverage. So at least my face appears right there. Yes, I agree with you, Nikki. I agree with you about what you said about uh, something leadership is something that you 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 acquire by what you go through in life. But right. I see that we can add that to being taught a little bit because you will see that some of the greatest leaders in the world, whether they're leading in corporate organizations or they're leading in governments, when you interact with them, they will tell you, my mom, my grandma, grandma, my grandpa, one of my school teachers, they will tell you that there were people who deliberately, without telling them, okay, now, you are in the classroom, and this classroom is called leadership. But there are people who deliberately, deliberately touch them. Things, values that help them to become great leaders. That is why I believe that in addition to going through life, experiencing things, and just developing leadership traits, children in elementary schools and high schools should be aided by some form of teaching. So yes. in addition to what you say about, you know, developing, picking on traits, you know, as we go through life, they can be better prepared. Then our world will be better because the biggest problem in our world is poor leadership. So the oh, yeah, more absolutely. great leaders we have, the better our world will be. 
I, I think there's a lot of room for improvement in our educated uh, education system. It's very outdated. I mean, it's long overdue to be to be updated. You know, I, I don't know about in your country, but here in the U.S., I I am speaking up about that. Um, it's very outdated, and we need to instill all of the things that equip with our children for the next generation uh, to prepare them. You know, financial financially. You know, the financial education. Um, I, I think they need yeah. to know how how to do that. You know, how about how about safety? Yeah. Safety right now, disaster yeah. preparedness. You know, yeah. and leadership skills. These things can be taught, can be acquired yeah. um, by individuals. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I feel that this should be upgraded. Look at the things that you mentioned right now: financial education, safety leadership skills learning these things in high school will not kill the children no. <laughs> will they yeah you know sunny yeah. it's okay it's okay to study yeah. the history, right? It's it's okay to study, you know, yeah. how much uh, how much a centimeter, millimeter that the spider will crawl, yeah. you know, like the calculus and all of this thing. But really, yeah. actually, how much is that can be applied to our real world when the kids really get yeah. out with those masters, That's with those me. with those uh, licenses, with those certificates, you know, how much are those really applicable to the real world? You know, I don't think the education, the educators in our world today day's world really equip those and then they have to spend more money spend more time sitting in the classroom uh, I think I have a video about that by the way previously spending so much thousands of hours already how much more time how much more money can we spend about 29 years of our lifetime until we really get it right no we don't even get it right after 29 years in education behind the classroom behind the books you know the real world is different totally right yeah totally right so all of this is you can teach. Let's start at least at high school. Let children learn these things. There are children, many of them now in high schools who have taken the wrong routes in life because nobody's ever taught them anything beyond add this to this. Read history. Read government. Practical stuff is literally out of the scope right. of the curriculum in the teaching. So if children are taught to know that uh, this is how to set a goal, this is how to pick a team of five friends. Uh, you want you, you you want to you want to do something. You make sure that you go by your fingers. For instance, in my book, I have a, an illustration of how the fingers on the human arm teaches about teamwork. All the fingers are different. Yeah, all of them have different sizes. All of them move in different directions. All of them have different functions. And the things that one finger can do that the other will not dare do. So. Learning about team, for instance, in high school, how to pick a team of five people to work with you on a particular project. This is what to look out for. Don't pick people who are like yourself. One of the problems we have in the world today, we have a lot of children who are joining gangs. Why do they join the gang? Gangs. Because they see the, the people that are like them. Everybody does the same things in the same way. And then, but if you learn about teamwork, about team building, they, can know, they will know that, oh, look at my fingers here. My thumb is my thumb. My little finger is my little finger. So all of them are needed for me to be able to pick something effectively from the floor. So I start to build a team, a team of different people with different potentials, different skills. When they come together, they form a whole entity. That is how teams are built. So children can learn this. They can learn, like you said, about financial stuff, or you know, they can learn about safety stuff. So I totally subscribe to what you say. And I'm so glad that you say you're speaking about it in the U.S. I'm so glad about to hear about that. Probably one of these is how it be be there with you and we could speak together about how 
we can bring about this change in upgrading education curriculums in the schools. You know, it takes a lot of villages, it takes a lot of countries to, to come together, but it takes one person, right? To start the uh, the biggest mountain to go to go through. Is that right? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, it looks like we're running out of time because I keep looking at this 11 o'clock right now. I mean, it's, um, it's already one hour into the hour right now in the podcast. It's yes. been a pleasure to see another right. And it's... <laughs> Oh, I know, huh? It feels like uh, it feels like just just now we just met. It feels like it's thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's always a pleasure to see another rising and you know really thriving and choosing to continue making positive impacts, such as yourself, for other people, for other leaders, and uh, especially during times like right now, chaos and uncertainties. You know, people are trying to find solutions and what 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 can be what can be done. I think that speaks volume for the credibility of a character such as yourself, Sunny. Any last thought and how can the viewers, the audiences uh, get a hold of you? Okay. Uh, to get a hold of me, it's easy. You can uh, search for me on LinkedIn and follow me there. Uh, my name is Sunny E. Isrekewo. And uh, if my son name is difficult to spell and pronounce like you found out. <laughs> So you can follow me on my hashtag. <laughs> you can follow me on my hashtag Sunny. Hashtag Sunny. S U N N Y. Hashtag. If you, if you search for that hashtag, you see me. I'm the most prominent Sunny on LinkedIn. So that makes it easy. Just type hashtag Sunny on LinkedIn and you see many of my posts will appear. Then also, if you want to call me, for instance, I even though I'm in Africa, I'm someone who loves the U.S. a lot. So I, the U.S. is like second country to me. I have a U.S. number, a valid U.S. number. If you call me as we speak, it will ring here where I am. So it's 213-444-5384. That's 213-444-5384. It's actually my Los Angeles line. So when you call me, you will not be charged international rates. It will be like you're speaking to somebody in Los Angeles. So you have local cheap rates, normal US rates okay. on that line. Yeah. Oh, that's so, cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So with that line, I'm able to interact with my US uh, clients. If you want to call me, you want to book me for speaking, you can call that line anytime. You don't have to bother or wonder, oh, it's funny in the US or it's in Africa. Just call the line. It's cheap. Like you're calling Los Angeles, the rate to Los Angeles is the same all the time. It never changes. And I will talk to you when we can do anything that you want me to do. And then last but not least, you can send an email. To send an email, just send to booksunny10. That's all. Book, B-O-O-K, as in to book me to speak, booksunny10 at gmail.com. Booksunny10 at gmail.com. So with those three, you can... Uh, you can reach me anytime you would like to speak with me. Uh, I am available to talk with you. Uh, yeah. Right. That's great. My picture right. is back. My, my video is back, but it came at the time when we were going out. We are preparing to blow the podcast. But <laughs> at least Nikki can see me again. <laughs> 
right. I'm going to put all that together, the information that he just said, uh, into your podcast bio. And I think those three okay. contact information will be very, very, uh, you know, very, very super for the audience to get a hold of you. I really yeah, like that. Very important. Right. Last thing before we go, guys, uh, I want to mention about empathy. Empathy is like a big deal right now. I think we need to focus on practicing this even more during times like this. In a general sense, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very true. Empathy is the ability, our ability to see the world through other people's eyes, to see what they or others people, um, other others see and feel what they feel and experiencing things as they do. Yeah. We, we, we touched on, on this about leadership a while ago with Sunny. But of course, yeah. Yeah. we know that none of us can really fully experience things that someone else does, right? But we can, but we can attempt to get as close as possible as we do this by putting aside our own preconceived you know preconceived ideas and thoughts and choosing and understand yeah. to understand the ideas and thoughts that and needs of others instead so with that said i, I think that <laughs> sums it up with that said in times of chaos let's continue to practice this more of this empathy as well as kindness yeah, to others practice empathy in this difficult time uh, people are challenged, people have faced what they never faced in their lives, people have lost businesses, more importantly, people have lost loved ones, so to be in a state of constant empathy is a gift that you can give to the fellow human being. This is a time for us to extend our humanity and show love and care for one another because all of us are humans and we need each other on God's beautiful planet, no matter who we are, no matter where we are headed, no matter how we look, we must learn to love each other and care for each other and show our humanity and like nikki said empathize with people because everybody you meet is facing one challenge or the other we, we're all humanity this is our home planet earth is our home for yeah. we're all citizens of this of this uh humanity i think we all yeah. sharing the same space and we need to connect to each other and the world needs more of this more than ever right now like sunny was saying so yes. when you live Right, when you live for your happiness and serving others, uh, such as what he's doing, you know, he's a great leader and then author also. My goodness, I got to grab your copy, copy of your book. Your life will okay. overflow with joy and peace. And I promise you, it will. All right, thank you again, Sunny, for sharing your journey and valuable right. tips during this pandemic lockdown. And yeah. please come back again next time, okay? I will. I'm, I am looking forward to coming back on, on your podcast, Nikki. I'm looking forward to coming back. I, I really enjoyed my time here. Like you said, it's been over an hour, but it felt like 30 minutes because we were so uh, connected in the podcast and I'm sure that your audience loved it. I agree with that, with the podcast guests like as yourself. All right, he is podcasting from Africa. So guys, I'm on yeah. LinkedIn too. I, that's how I met Sunny. Come on over and connect with us there, okay? Um, I'm there too. Yeah. So I also post videos regularly on my YouTube channel. Uh, I will be posting this podcast yeah. on the YouTube channel. Check, check some inspiration, educational stuff there. Don't forget to subscribe, obviously. Uh, leave me any feedback. Call from now. And I just want to say that the broadcasts are available in all participating platforms and typically it's on iHeartRadio and iTunes uh, that's very 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 flexible and convenient for you guys because everybody now has a smart smartphone and you can download the app 
iHeartRadio and iTunes podcast. Again, thank you so much for our special guest, Sunny, for being here this morning. Wishing you the best and more success in your career. Please stay safe uh, to your loved ones and your children and your family. Sharing and continue to promote optimism and hope that with our collective, both professionally, business and personally, guys, at home, at your work, actions as we all get a handle on this pandemic soon as it will pass through as as it always has been like just like any other crisis we have endured in our world and that is the truth right until then this is Nikki Dare I am signing off right now and I really enjoy talking with Sunny a really very down-to-earth guest and I really enjoyed our podcast this morning um, God bless and like I said, I really wish that, uh, you know, to invite you back again soon. And perhaps right around September in the fall season when things are getting, you know, getting back, reopening and all of these things, like you said. And hopefully you can yeah. come back. All right. Yeah, Thank you I so much. <laughs> Thank you so very much, my friend. And connect with him on LinkedIn. And I'm also on LinkedIn as well. And you guys, please tune in iHeartRadio is available on all participating podcast platforms. Enjoy talking with you and God bless. Have a great productive week. Bye now. God bless you too. Mm. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Nikki Dares Radio, a podcast of sustainability with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. Please visit her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagements, please email us at education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time, Living in Purpose and Passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host, Nikki Dare.